It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. And today is the grand finale, I mean not grand, of our position-by-position review of the season that was, and we will conclude it with the safeties. And we're also going to talk about a story with my good friend over at ESPN.com, Rob Domofsky. The story from yesterday about the possibility of Adrian Peterson joining the Packers. But first, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, which includes Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On NFL, and Locked On Fantasy. And if you haven't done so, you can should, really should subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. I'm here every Monday through Friday talking Packers with you. And, of course, please head on over to my website, PackerReport.com. Today is the big debut of my annual Scouting Combine Research Series. I got stats for their first. It's the quarterbacks today. So there's 15 quarterbacks. I broke that into two stories. Um, it's not just stats and accolades but a lot of really interesting off-the-field angles. So it's not just getting to know the players, you know, are they good, are they bad, are they great? It's just flat out getting to know the players. It's a lot of really interesting stuff, and I encourage you to go check that out today over at Packer Report. All right, safeties. One of the real strong suits of this Packers defense is this group, um, not just with the current starters, but the potential of the young backups. And we'll lead it off with the veteran of the group, Morgan Burnett. Another strong year by Burnett. Burnett did more than he's ever done. You know, for, for most of his career, Burnett's been a safety. And mostly an in-the-box safety, but he's flat up in a safety. Hasn't really, hasn't really had to uh, diversify his game too much. Well, he certainly did this year. Played a lot of inside linebacker um, in, in their dime package. Um, actually, sometimes just played inside linebacker in their nickel package as well in a, in a couple games. Is a way to get more speed and coverage ability on the field. He did he did well at that. Um, ended up playing um, slot cornerback for a game. He's just he he did more than he's ever done. And in he in the stats were were terrific. Ninety two tackles led the team despite missing about one and a half games. Those tackles per snap of 10.27. I 
Don't have it from 9.45 from last year. He had one interception the last three years. Did you know that? From 13, 14, and 15, he had one interception. He had two this year. And he had 13 additional pass breakups, and that's more than he had the last two years combined. So a strong year in that regard. According to Pro Football Focus, he did allow a 68.6% completion rate, which is the worst among the safeties. But, you know, he's he also, he also had a tougher duty than he's had in the past, too. So I, I don't put a whole lot into his quote-unquote coverage difficulties because he, never, he hasn't been asked to play his coverage as much as he did this year in his various roles. Burnett's going to be entering his last year under contract. That's uh, interesting to see how they handle him. 2017, and it's the same with Clinton Dix as well. When you look at the young guys they have behind them, it'll be interesting to see, you know, projecting ahead to a year, what does Green Bay do with Morgan Burnett? This was his seventh year, so not that he's getting old, but, you know, he's, he's a veteran guy for sure. But I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's maybe a conversation for next year, but a strong year by Burnett by doing more than he's ever done. Clinton Dix, by far his best year as well, his third season. Five interceptions. He had only picked off three in his first two seasons combined. And a lot of that is is just his increasing intelligence level. You know, he's it's it's the been there, done that sort of thing. He's got a really terrific chemistry with Burnett. And that allows him to just simply play faster. You know, he's got a complete grasp of the defense. He's gotten smarter with the opponent stuff, and he's putting him... It's given him that extra half step, which, you know, as a safety, a half step often means the difference between giving up a play or, or making a play. So a strong year from, from Clinton Dix in that regard. Wasn't always right, um, but I think the Packers to some extent will take that. Because you want your guys to be playmakers, and you want their, and you want your guys to trust what they see. And no one is going to be perfect. So according to Pro Football Focus, uh, Clinton Dix allowed a completion rate of 67.9%. Um, he allowed a reception for every 31.6 coverage snaps compared to 15.6 for Burnett. So basically, um, Clinton Dix um, was twice as good as Burnett in that category. Um, again, judging coverage is difficult, really difficult at safety. Um, because you don't know you don't know the plays, um, and it's wrapped up here. I believe Bob McGinn from the Journal Sentinel had Clinton Dix giving up five touchdown passes. Pro Football Focus had him with one. So I'm not I'm not sure what the truth is. I, I make no. Uh, well, I try, I try to make it a point to make it perfectly clear that I am not going to guess coverage responsibilities um, when I'm watching the game. Of, I I simply don't know. I I don't, I don't know the play. I don't know how it's supposed to be executed. I don't know if, either, if anything was checked at the line of scrimmage. I'm not privy to any of that stuff. So, But nonetheless, Burnett, or Clinton Dix with the five interception, and it's not just that, too. A, he played every snap. Pretty impressive. And B, according to Pro Football Focus, according to Pro Football Focus he missed two tackles all season long. Also forced the only fumble among a safety. So, 
a very good all year, all, geez Louise, a very good all around year for Clinton Dix. And his Pro Bowl and All Pro honors were very well deserved. The Packers drafted seven players last year. I would say defensive tackle Kenny Clark was the best of the bunch. Number two, I'd say, was Kentrell Bryce, an undrafted safety. Bryce really showed a lot of potential. The guy hits. The guy will knock your block off. And he does it without the without leaning with the crown of his head or lunging off his feet. The guy is just a powerhouse. Think back to that play at Atlanta where um, they threw the ball in the flat to the running back. And running back's got 10, 15 yards of head of steam built up. And there's Bryce waiting for him at the one-yard line, all hunkered down at the one, and just stopped him in his tracks. I mean, that may have been the most amazing tackle I've ever seen. Um, and I don't mean that with any hyperbole. I mean, I've seen all the big hits, the decleaters, and Bryce had one of those himself, too. We'll talk about that in a second, or remind you of that in a second. Although you probably don't need any reminding. Um, that's one of the most remarkable tackles I've ever seen. Bryce is like 205 pounds. He's not like some, you know, he's not like 230 pounds of Kim Chancellor or heck, you, you know, even when Sean Richardson was here. He was like 225. He's not that. He's 205 pounds. And he stopped the guy with a full head of steam buildup, just stopped him cold. Remarkable. And, of course, the other tackle I'm talking about was in the playoff game against Dallas. Cole Beasley catches the ball over the middle. And Bryce just levels him. I mean, it, it, the by the end of that tackle, um, Beasley's feet are parallel with his head. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Again, a legal tackle. But, man, what a hit. And there's something, you know, in this NFL where... They've kind of um, made that stuff illegal, and, and probably in, in, in for right reasons, as much as it pains me to see some of these illegal hit penalties in, in the games. Oh, I just kind of cringe. Oh, my God, that's an illegal hit. Well, I guess I understand it. I mean, it is. You know, there's no, no need to get guys hurt. Um, not an issue with Bryce, though. Bryce just hits you, as legal as can be. So... A lot of upside here. He had 15 tackles. That would be 17.2 snaps per tackle. Mostly just played in the dime package in, in, a, in a pass coverage role where Burnett would come in and move up to the line of scrimmage as a, in a linebacker-ish kind of role. Bryce would come in and play safety. Um, allowed four out of seven passing, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, led the team in special team snaps and among the leaders with eight tackles. So we're, you know... Burnett and Clinton Dix are entering their last year under contract, and I would think there's no way they let Clinton Dix out of here. But you wonder if Bryce replaces Burnett. Again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But you wonder if Burnett, or you wonder if Bryce is viewed as, hey, maybe maybe we've got a future start on our hands and we save ourselves you know, $6 million, $7 million, $8 million per year of cap money. So they'll be interesting to see how the Packers consider that going forward. I, I guess a lot of that has to do with how Bryce plays in training camp and in the preseason and then going into the next year as well, if, if he takes that second-year step. But, man, there's an awful lot to like there. 
And I would almost say the same with Marwin Evans. I mean, he didn't play much. He didn't have to play much, obviously. When you got Clinton Dixon, Burnett, and, and Bryce, you don't need a whole lot of Marwin Evans. But Evans had a really good preseason. Solidly built, athletic as all heck. Um, he didn't have to play until he was forced to the NFC Championship game because of injuries. But um, he was sixth in the team in special team snaps, but tied for second with nine tackles. That was one more tackle than than Bryce had. So a, a lot to like with Evans. It'll be interesting to see if he takes a step forward here, year one to year two. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. All right, let's move on to the Adrian Peterson story by, by my good friend Rob Damasky over at ESPN. You know the history here. And, and Rob, helpfully, Rob's got a great lead of the story, by the way, which I, I will not tell you the lead. You can read that yourself. But it really has been a one way highway. I mean, I get to, I, when I go to Minnesota, I take Highway 29. I almost live on Highway 29. I take Highway 29 West. So the guy's taking Highway 29 West. Include Darren Sharper, Ryan Longwell, Robert Ferguson, Greg Jennings, Desmond Bishop, oh yeah, and that Brett Favre guy. Who all went from Minnesota to Green Bay? Uh, Detroit Guyon. All right, that's the end of that story. All right. Adrian Peterson probably will get cut by the Vikings. He's got a $6 million roster bonus due on March 11th. And... He has an $11.75 million base salary. You throw in a workout bonus. That's an $18 million cap hit for Peterson. Um, Peterson was hurt, obviously, last year. Um, his average per carry in the James Starks category. So he was, when he was, off, when he was healthy, he was terrible. I go back to the game um, there, week two. The Vikings won the game, but Peterson didn't do anything. Packers had him stop cold, uh, which is pretty remarkable considering Peterson's history against these guys. But um, and then, of course, he got hurt in that Week 2 game and missed most of the rest of the season. Ends up playing just three games. He came back late. Uh, the Vikings threw up all over themselves while still in the playoff hunt. And then Peterson says, screw you, I'm not playing. I actually didn't say that, but he might have. Um <laughs> and that was that. Um, man, what a lousy year, though, for Peterson. 37 carries, 72 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. 1.9, and it was 37 rushes. His long was 13. Um, so you look at this. Peterson in 2015, well, let's go. Peterson in 2014, Played one game, got hurt. Comes back in 2015. Leads the NFL in rushes, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards per game with a uh, 1,485 yards. Then comes back in 2016, gets hurt again, and was ineffective when he did play. So what do you make out of, first of all, what do you make out of Peterson? 
Is Adrian Peterson's career done? I mean, the guy is a marvel. But nobody, nobody, I mean, like I've said a thousand times, and it's kind of be cliche in the sports world, but Father Time is undefeated. He wins every single time. Is, is Father Time beating Adrian Peterson? I mean, this was his 10th year in the league. Um, he's rushed the ball. Even, even with a couple injury plays, he's, he's had you know, 2,400 carries and 330-some-odd receptions. So it's, he's basically got almost 20, well, he's got more than 2,700 touches. And that is a lot of time. I realize he dished a lot of punishment in his career, but he's, he's taken his fair share of abuse, too. I shouldn't say abuse with Adrian Peterson because you're all thinking of something else. Um, anyways, so what does Adrian Peterson have left in him? Interesting thought. Okay, so now let's, let's just say the Vikings cut him, and, and they are going to. Adrian Peterson's not going to want to play for some schlep, right? I mean, he's, he's going to the Hall of Fame. It's time to go in a Super Bowl. So I would think he's going to want to play where he's got a chance to win football games. Green Bay would make a lot of sense. And, you know, I know Rob. I have not talked to him about this. But Rob isn't one to just go write stuff for the sake of writing something. Um, I don't think he was sitting around his house thinking, hmm, wow, Adrian Peterson, he's going to get cut. I should write a story. But that, that's not Rob's style. I Part of me wonders if, some, if, if a little birdie sang to Rob. But I, I have no idea. I haven't talked to him. Um, from Green Bay, so I would think I would think Peterson would be open to playing here, right? I mean, A, it's a way to stick it to your former team if, if you'd like to. And, you know, obviously the Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl hunt next year. So why not? Why not Green Bay for Adrian Peterson? All right, from Green Bay's perspective, you're $43 million under the cap, which is a, seems like a lot, but... You know, you're like 12th or 13th in the league in, in, in available cap space. And actually, overthecap.com, which is a great resource for this kind of stuff, um, has the Packers at just about $41 million under the cap. And that, that leaves them 12th in available cap space. So, in theory, the Packers have room for this. But should they make the move? Well, you've got Ty Montgomery, and you've got Ty Montgomery, you've got nobody else. Kristen Michael's a free agent, and Lacey's a free agent. Um, your other guys are, you know, Don Jackson and John Crockett, guys who haven't necessarily done anything in your career to prove that they can be a guy, a valuable guy. So, if you're Green Bay, do you bring back Eddie Lacey, who you know can play, yeah, his weight came back last year, but when he played, he played. He was really good. And if you get him for a one-year contract, he's going to be some sort of hungry. Or do you take a swing at the swing of the bat with Adrian Peterson? As you know, if if it's Montgomery and Lacey, maybe it's a one and one A kind of thing. And if you assign Peterson, maybe Peterson is one to Montgomery's two. Well, whatever gives you a good. It's a that's a hell of a good tandem. However, assuming. Assuming, 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 Adrian Peterson is not done. And the Packers have to figure that out. They saw him, they saw him obviously, in week two, live and in person. And they probably saw him a bit 
um, before their that before they played round two of their series last year because he played the week before. So they would have had to study that because Peterson um, was not ruled out of that game until the end of the week. So the, clearly the Packers have seen seen the tape and have some sort of vibe there. But, again, is Adrian Peterson done? Or is it just a very small sample size of 37 carries? And he had a god-awful offensive line because... And they, were, they were just hammered by injuries. And they had Sam Bradford, a quarterback, and God bless Sam Bradford, who led the NFL in completion percentage, but no one gives a crap about Sam Bradford. Adrian, Peter, Adrian Peterson's the running back, and they stacked, you know, hell, Green Bay stacked the box against him. So, Peterson's stats stink because A, didn't get the ball a whole lot of times based on, you know, him being hurt, and B, it was his usual running into stacked boxes, which is nothing new for him. But interesting dilemma. I would. It'll be interesting here. How much money would it take for one? You know, and is it you know Julius Peppers, for instance, got three years and twenty six million. Is Adrian Peterson worth that much? Where you're talking, you know, if it's twenty six million, you're talking cap hits of you know seven. Eight, nine, ten million dollars in those ranges for each of those years. Do you want to eat up that much of your cap? You know, maybe, maybe that's three times what Eddie Lacy is going to cost you. Do you want to eat up that much of your cap when you've got to fix your defense? I mean, the Packers are going to. Man, I, I, I hate to even say this, but I was told that, that there's a fair chance the Eagles are going to get rid of Connor Barwin. And there's a fair chance the Packers might be interested in that. And he would come in and be an immediate impact player as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, you know, you've got Nick Perry coming into free agency. You've got to resign Jared Cook. Did you resign TJ Lang? $40 million is a lot of money. But it's not a lot of money when I mean what's Nick Perry gonna cost? Six, seven, eight million a year? We'll take the minute. We'll just think, you know, we'll say it's a cap at a six million for this year. Um Maybe you can resign TJ Lang. That's five million dollars of cap. That's eleven million dollars I've just spent. We resign Jared Cook. Maybe that's another four million dollars of cap. You know, I've read someplace that his projected worth is three and a half million dollars a year. <laughs> I don't see that happen. It's gonna be a lot more than that. Um, you got to resign. You got so that's Cook, Lang, Perry, Hyde. I mean, those four guys. If you keep those four guys. You're talking, you spent $18, 20000000 million of your cap. Now you've got a rookie draft class to sign. And you, then again, you've got to stay under the cap. And this is Ted, what Ted Thompson has done so well. It drives everyone crazy. Which, for reasons I never never understood, he never, he doesn't not spend the cap. He eventually spends it all. He, I mean, he, he rolled over $7 million of it this year. So that's $7 million of extra cash space the Packers have this year. He's staying ahead of the curve here, which is why they're $40 million under the cap for this year. It's because he's rolled it over. He's got a, he's got a bumper crop of key guys assigned this year. And you've got Ha Clinton Dix headlining that, that group next year. So, yeah, it's a lot of money. But, yeah, it's not a lot of money. And if you got, again, if it's Cook, Perry, Hyde, Lang, if you keep all those guys, can you now afford a, you know, a $7 million, $8 million a year contract of Adrian Peterson? 
Remember, the Packers have the fewest players under contract in the entire NFL. So they've got a lot of work to do building this roster. So can you swallow Adrian Peterson's cap number? Or do you, if you're, and this is so unlike Ted, but do you say, screw it. Yeah, Peterson turns 32 in a month, but do you say, screw it. Let's try to win a Super Bowl. I mean, let's put a little extra into this year and try to win one now. So I can see both ends of the conversation here. But I think ultimately it comes down to what does Adrian Peterson have left after a really, I mean, God, hell, his 1.9 yards per carry made James Stark seems like uh, vintage Adrian Peterson. So that'll be an interesting conversation if once, uh, once the Vikings cut Peterson and does Green Bay make a run at arguably, well, not arguably, hell, he's the best running back of this generation. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I sincerely appreciate that. I really, really do. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.